We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. go episode 649 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Tuesday September 5th 2023 it is the day after Labor Day which is supposed to mark the unofficial end of summer and yet in the Washington DC area this week we are having a rebirth of summer uh, with temperatures approaching 100 degrees. Uh, Forget about Labor Day being the unofficial end of summer. Labor Day this year has marked a reigniting of summer. Uh, The rule is that you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. You've heard that, right? Uh, And in fact, I put away all of my white FUBU gear, (laughs) okay? But I may have to bust that out given how hot it is this week. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Hope that you had a nice Labor Day weekend. Hope that you enjoyed the college football and the baseball, and I hope that you are ready for an all-out assault of Commander's Conversation on this podcast this week in preparation for the start of their regular season. And part of the assault is a great guest next segment, Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic for the first of what will be many appearances on this podcast this commander season. I'll explain next segment, but Ben's going to spend some time with us previewing the commander's 2023 regular season. Among the many topics that will cover the extent to which Ben, as someone who covers the team exceptionally well, is preparing to be on Ron Rivera watch at some point in the 2023 season. Are we in the coming months going to have a head coaching change with our football team? Uh, Also, Ben and I will discuss how committed truly Ron is to Sam Howell as the QB1, whether the QB1 decision is solely Ron's or perhaps as much a decision of assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. why the team in the 2023 offseason did not do more for the offensive line, how close we might be to contract extensions for edge defender Montez Sweat and safety Cameron Curl. Ben will share what he's been hearing and much, much more. The great Ben Standing next segment with a deep dive on the commanders as we on this podcast prepare you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually 
for their 2023 regular season. Also on the show, we'll talk about the American League leading Orioles. Uh, They late night on Monday night while some of you were sleeping, while some of you were perhaps engaged in deviant acts. Uh, What again? A 6-3 win at the Los Angeles Angels as two young G's came through for the O's. Yes, two young G's. Not two OG's, two young G's. Uh, Third baseman Gunnar Henderson He went two for five with a three-run homer and a double. And starting pitcher Grayson Rodriguez, he allowed two runs in six innings with seven strikeouts. The O's are 23-10 and over their last 33 games. The Orioles' magic continues. Orioles' magic, here it happens. Orioles' magic, here it happens. Yes, thank you very much. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I've gotten some emails on edge defender Chase Young, who was among the many topics in my conversation with Kevin Sheehan, host of the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast. Kevin was on Monday's show, episode 648, as we previewed the Commander's 2023 regular season. Email from Mark Pryor, as in former United States Senator. Mark Pryor. Uh, He was an Arkansas senator from 2003 to 2015. He, prior to that, was the attorney general of Arkansas. Uh, He went to Walt Whitman High School in Bethesda, Maryland. He is a loyal listener of this podcast, writes Senator Pryor. I know that you frequently say that it appears that Rod Rivera and Chase Young are not always on the same page, and I agree with you, but isn't it more important that Chase Young and Jack Del Rio are on the same page? It seems to me that if Del Rio is happy with Chase's play and how he's contributing to the defense, then Rivera will come around. Uh, thank you for the email, Senator. Uh, yeah, so saying that Chase Young and Ron Rivera haven't always been on the same page is shorthand for saying that Chase and the coaching staff have not always been on the same page. I would be surprised if the problems that Ron had with Chase in the 2021 season were not also problems that the defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, had with Chase. In fact, Ron in the 2021 season verbalizing his issues with Chase Young and also with edge defender Montez Sweat, as much as Ron did, may have been Ron speaking on Jack's behalf. But Jack does have a lot of control over the defense. So yes, in theory, the Chase Young-Jack Del Rio relationship uh, may matter more than the Chase young Rod Rivera relationship. Hopefully, everyone now is on the same page. Kevin on Monday's show did say that he has been told that Chase has been great this summer and that the team uh, is very happy with Chase's training camp and preseason work. Uh, Email from Matt Tinkler writes, Matt, love the show and listen avidly every day here from the UK. I have been pontificating about the dilemma that is Chase Young and would like to share some thoughts. He came out of college in the wake of the Boses with a massive reputation that Chase did back up, although I noticed a slightly lesser motor than was advertised. He joined the pros and had a fantastic rookie season. We were inspired and full of hope that we finally had a game wrecker. He then had a tepid playoff game in which he did not back up his mouth against the Bucs and was shut down. Season two was decidedly lukewarm prior to suffering the ACL injury in the line of duty. He then stuttered to return and was again MIA. So 
The dilemma is, what exactly is Chase Young's role on the team now that he has been sidelined again? He has been championed as a great vocal sideline motivator. So did we draft the most expensive cheerleader in the history of sports? I think it is time to move on from Young because the mouth has rarely been banked up with positive action. What say you, Mr. Goldie? Uh, thank you for the email, Matt. We'll see if Chase Young uh, is in fact sidelined uh, from the week one game against the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at one due to the stinger that he suffered in the preseason opening win at the Cleveland Browns on August 11th. I think that we have to see what happens in the 2023 season before we decide on what should happen with Chase Young. It is disturbing that he has had just one good season out of three NFL seasons, and that good season was his most distant season, his 2020 rookie season. And it is very telling that the commanders in the 2023 offseason did not exercise the fifth-year option in Chase's rookie contract. And it is eerie, the parallels that exist between Chase and the last guy who Washington took with a number two overall pick in an NFL draft prior to Chase, quarterback Robert Griffin III. I mean, you think about this, each guy had a great rookie year. Each guy then suffered a devastating knee injury. Uh, We, with each guy, as time went on, learned of behind-the-scenes problems with each guy. Like, there is a path that Chase has been on that reminds me a lot of the RG3 path. Uh, That said, I do think that Chase Young is salvageable. I am not writing him off. Uh, I think that the 2023 season is a big season for him, but I don't think that it's that far-fetched that he'll have a good 2023 season. But I do want to make this clear. There is a ton of pressure on Chase to have a good 2023 season. In fact, Chase may be the commander's player with the most pressure to have a good 2023 season, maybe even more pressure than Sam Howell has. You know, you think about Sam, he could be just so-so, but if he is a young starting quarterback, gets better as the season goes on, people will be encouraged by that. Chase Young in the 2023 season cannot be so-so. He needs to be good, really good. The bar is high for this guy of him having been taken by the team with the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft and then winning Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year for the 2020 season, but now being in a contract season. Well, Chase may have a lot of pressure on him, but know that if you need to buy tickets, there is zero pressure regarding finding the best means by which you should get those tickets because the answer is easy, the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app and use the promo code ALGALDI. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Game Time offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee. So you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on Game Time looking at tickets for Commander's Games in the 2023 regular season. A lot of good deals, and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Game Time is the app 
for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code, Al Galdi. You use that promo code, Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, Terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code, Al Galdi, for $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's game time. (laughs) Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, this is an exciting time of year in Washington, D.C. area sports, especially off the sale of the Commanders and their regular season, starting with the game against the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. There is a momentum with our football team. There is big-time renewed interest in our football team. No podcast or show covers the team like this podcast does. And so if you would like to grow your business or practice, consider advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, We'd love to have you on board. Uh, Podcast advertising is very affordable, much more so than radio and television advertising. In our current economy, podcast advertising is the way to go. And podcast advertising works. You get bang for your buck. Email us. See what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Well, one of the things about this time of year that is exciting is an arrangement, dare I say, a partnership (laughs) with the man who joins me now, Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic. He does an outstanding job covering the Commanders. He is the host of his own podcast, the Standig Room Only Podcast, and we this season are going to be going on each other's podcasts on an alternating week-by-week basis. So one week, Ben, will be on my podcast the following week. I'll be on 
Ben's podcast, and so on and so forth. You can follow Ben on Twitter, at Ben Standing. Uh, but Ben, after many weeks of negotiations, we arrived at this agreement. Would you say that our podcast agreement negotiations were more complicated or less complicated than the negotiations for the sale of the commanders? Well, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, no lawyers were, were, were involved. Uh, we kept Congress. Congress was wondering if, like, you know, too much consolidation. Too, we're, if we were to have a monopoly, but we worked it out. Uh, fair agreement for all, and uh, I'm excited to uh, chat with you every week uh, to uh, to get the uh, you know. There's different types of insight. There's being in the bubble, and then there's looking at the bubble. And I think both have a lot of value, especially if people have a good sense for what's happening. And I think we got that here. Well, I heard rumors that the House Committee on Oversight and Reform was going to get involved in our situation, but thankfully that did not happen. Uh, So, so much of this Commander's 2023 season, of course, is being framed by the team having new ownership and the Josh Harris group. There's a lot that could go into what happens with Ron Rivera as head coach beyond this season. But as someone who covers the team, do you plan to be on Ron Rivera watch at the first sign of the team doing poorly? Like, does a bad start or a bad stretch put an in-season firing of Ron in play? Or is the situation not as simple as that? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's so interesting. I mean, we obviously don't know really much at all about what Josh Harris's intentions are. They've said they want to, you know, he his fellow owners, they want to they learn, they want to be patient, they want to study. But at the same time, it you know it seems obvious that Ron Rivera is going to have to have a good season to stay, right? I mean, it, logically, and therefore, what does that mean? Is it literally just get to the end and they they win nine, ten, eleven games, or they win six or seven and it goes from there? Or is there a scenario where they say we can still learn while simultaneously? Starting to be a little more involved, and if if they're one and four or whatever the the the, the deal is. And one thing that's so funny is that Dan, when Dan Snyder was here the last three years, obviously Ron Rivera had to deal with a lot of stuff. He didn't really, as far as I can tell, have to deal with owner interference. I mean, he had to cover for the owner a lot by constantly answering questions about all the topics. But I think Dan was busy dealing with all the things we were just joking about. So it, it is possible there's a little more owner involvement, but I would only imagine, like you said, if it gets to a point where it's like, hey, what are we doing here? Then maybe, but if I had to bet, if you didn't ask if I had to bet, I would bet he makes it through the year because changing him out early, just there's a lot that goes into that. Um, so I'd probably make it he at least gets to, to the end of the year, if not the whole, the whole way. As we all know, uh, the last time that the Commanders had a regular season game was the uh, 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this past January 8th, uh, what, of course, was the lone game in which quarterback Sam Howell played in his 2022 rookie regular season. It was just six days later, January 14th, that we had the reports, including one from you, that Sam was being positioned to be the Commander's QB1 for the 2023 season. You were the first person I'm aware of who made the point of the public relations factor regarding this development. There was a lot of negativity surrounding Ron Rivera and the team coming out of its 2022 season. And so Ron, in the days that followed the end of the team's 2022 season, letting it be known that Sam was being positioned 
to be the commander's QB1 for the 2023 season. Changed the narrative, changed the conversation, got people excited for what was ahead. Looking back on that now, eight months later, do you think that Ron's intention in January truly was for Sam to be the QB1 for the 2023 season? Or do you think that that was just something that he was saying and that the situation has just worked out in this way? I don't think you make that if you're not willing to, you know, it's like, you know, if you work at a job and you go to your employer and say, hey, I got another offer, you better be willing to jump because they may say, cool, adios, right? So I don't think you can make that and then say, we didn't really want to do that. But let's let's remember, it's not just that they signed Jacoby Brissett as a backup. They gave Jacoby Brissett more money than all the other quarterbacks at his level who were free agents this year. You know, more than Baker Mayfield, more than um, Andy Dalton, right? I mean, he was the highest paid guy. So clearly they were covering themselves to, at a minimum, say, if we screw this up, if he really isn't ready, we've got this guy who's more or less a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a Taylor Heineke, and we'll go from there. Maybe we can debate if he's better than those guys, but like it's in that general tier. So I do think it was the both of the distractions. And look, it worked. We stopped talking about Carson Wentz and what happened at the end of last year. And we looked to the, to the hope of a young quarterback. And then, you know, Adam Brissett, totally a solid move for all the reasons we just said. So I think they did it with understanding that they may very well have to go to Howe, but there was promise there for what he showed them at the end of the year at a minimum. But they were, you know, clearly committed to go out and getting somebody else that could step in in case he, you know, just didn't work out uh, as they would have wanted during the offseason. Do you think that Ron Rivera is committed to having Sam Howell as the commander's QB1 for the entire 2023 season? Great question. This goes back to the other one. It's like, what, are we on Rivera watch? Like, look, I think you never want to assume any any wins a gimme in the NFL. And week one is insanely too early to declare must wins. But this is a better not lose game. <laughs> yeah. You can't lose this game. The Cardinals, I mean, they're not even like, Faking it, how little they seem to be "quote unquote" trying to put to put themselves in the best position, but their players will will certainly try. And um, if let's just assume that Washington wins this, I mean, then after that, you know, at Denver, Buffalo here, what is it, week four at Philadelphia? You know, they could be one in three. It, it's not insane to think that at all. So at that point, what does he think? I don't know. Does he? I mean, obviously, we would have to know. Is, is the offense scoring 30 points and the defense went backwards or whatever? But if he thinks the quarterback is, it, it would give them a jump start if that's the issue, sure. But, you know, then if I'm the owners, I'm thinking to myself, well, really? Do we want to go to Jacoby Percet? Like, don't we on some level? If this thing does bottom out, aren't we better off going in that direction? I mean, maybe they, they, they're not going to get the number one pick by um, record because that, you'd have to win like one or two games for that. And they're too, they're too good no matter what. But wouldn't you be better off going with Sam Howell, seeing if over the course of the year he develops in something, or if it's a disaster, then you have a top ten pick. So I don't, I don't know what where Rivera would choose to make that call of going to Brissett, or I don't want to say he would. Would he be allowed to? But what discussions are had inside the building? I think that's pretty interesting. Should it go sideways or south quick? What do you think? 
I very much want a commitment to Sam Howell as the QB1 for the entire 2023 season, barring something like him say not putting in the work behind the scenes. I want the commanders to get a good sense of what they have in him. I want them to give him the chance to work his way out of struggles, should he struggle. And if he's really bad, I don't want some meaningless wins with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback that don't get the team into the playoffs, but do worsen the team's positioning in the 2024 NFL draft. But I also think that what is in the best interest of the organization and what is in the best interest of Ron Rivera keeping his job as a team's head coach may not be the same. Uh, Do you believe that the quarterback decision is exclusively Ron's or is as much a decision of the assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy? as the decision is Ron's? Great question. I think Ron Rivera has given Eric Bieniemy a lot of latitude here. I just don't think he's given him everything. I mean, obviously he's go- he would take the input. I just can't believe that if Eric Bieniemy said, whatever direction, keep Hal in, take Hal out, and if Ron disagrees, that he is just going to completely go with it. I mean, ultimately, he's the one that has to make some of the bigger decisions, right? So I, I I would imagine the answer is Rivera. That just seems to be too big of a question to leave it to anybody else, especially not just in general, but where we are with the seat, you know, with, with his tenure here. I mean, as we just discussed, it's tenuous. Much more with Ben standing in moments. I'm going to next ask him about the commander's offensive line, which hopefully in the 2023 season will prove to be a lot better than the line was in the 2022 season. Hopefully much better than what is happening in the home and auto insurance markets right now. Are you not happy with what you're paying for home and auto insurance? Uh, You're not alone. We are routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even When the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance, do yourself a favor, get with BMC Insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance, it offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens, of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor. For your insurance needs. Uh, BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. Uh, and BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention 
that Al Galdi sent you. More now with Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. Uh, Ben, I enjoyed your Things I Think piece uh, that came out on Monday morning uh, under the subheading of, quote, what they got wrong with Sam Howell, end quote. You wrote, quote, not making clear or potentially significant additions to the offensive line was almost a dereliction of duty, given that the plan for months centered around a quarterback with one career start and quote, this is maybe the biggest question with the commanders in the 2023 season, maybe even bigger than the Sam Howell question. Has the offensive line been adequately addressed? With the caveat that we know that in the NFL, splashy offseason moves don't always equate to regular season success. Why didn't the commanders in the 2023 offseason make bigger moves to upgrade the offensive line? Well, um, you know, look, Andrew Wiley is a unique case because obviously he's somebody that came over with Bienemy. So you have to imagine that Bienemy said, This guy, he knows my system, he can help everybody else. We just won a Super Bowl, he was one of the starters. So you have to imagine that that was the thing for them rather than, you know, tackles cost a lot of money. Now, would they have taken one at 16 if the top, what is it, four or five guys weren't gone? I'd like to think so. But that's not the way it worked out, so they went with Forbes. I like Nick Gates. I think that was a pretty good move. Obviously, he's had a relatively recent injury history. You know, Sadiq Charles and Sam Cosme, I think by the end of camp, looked pretty good. But neither one of them have been able to stay on the field the last two years. And if they go out, what are we looking at? Chris Paul, who, you know, I know that everybody who made their first start in that Dallas game at the end of the year is going to be a Hall of Famer. But, <laughs> um, but you know, I mean... He's an inexperienced guy. Ricky Stromberg, I mean, they didn't even try playing him in guard until like the Ravens weeks. So I was like 10 days, you know, two weeks ago. He looked fine, but I'm just saying like that seemed a little bit rough to me. You know, then, you know, they draft two guys, which that could be great. Those guys could start a third or fourth round pick could absolutely start. But again, you draft a center when you just sign Nick Gates to a two year deal rather than drafting a pure guard for argument's sake. You draft Braden Daniels. I don't know what their intention was, but and maybe it's only about possibly replacing Charles Leno next year if it goes that way. But he clearly was not ready. I mean, he got hurt, so that was the an easy. You know, he goes on IR. But I, I don't know what they would have done with him if that hadn't happened because he didn't look like a guy that could go. So yeah, so I just feel like they could have done almost the exact same things, but just be more direct with some of the choices. And my biggest issue is it's not so much that. Like, they could have a group. I was talking to Logan Paulson earlier, and he, you know, he thinks like they could be a middle of the pack offensive line if everything goes right. My only thing is like, that's a lot of ifs. Like, there's no one thing on that line right now where you say, wow, they got a, they've got a, a, a really solid, strong piece there. I like Sam Cosby. Maybe it's him, but between the switching of the positions and the injuries, it's not like I can point to that and say, well, that's definitely happening. And that's where I think. My concerns. It may become unfounded. I, you know, I, but because everybody's like in theory solid, that's just a lot of questions, and the bench does not offer a lot of help. I don't think at this point. Regarding the coaching of the offensive line, why has the team still not officially announced a new offensive line coach? We all know that Travell Wharton is the guy, but he officially still 
is the assistant offensive line coach. For those who don't know, we learned of the previous commander's offensive line coach's departure, John Matsko's departure, all the way back in March. Uh, what is the holdup with officially announcing Travell Wharton as the team's new offensive line coach? A great question. It's, it's uh, something we asked after the sale, so, you know, it's been a now, uh, boy, it was like a month or so ago, right? So we asked that a little while ago, and then, you know, it doesn't totally matter, so we've moved on. Here's what I wonder. This is more of a wonder than I know thing. Because there's some other situations there that are also, like, haven't been finalized unless it's happened and we just don't know about it. What I guess I wonder in some of these cases is if you're sort of tearing up the old deal, contract and sort of signing a new one as these positions if if that's part of the deal i wonder about the um the length of terms for these contracts like i don't know who has an expiring contract or who has a deal that goes beyond this year i mean ron rivera's deal goes through the 2024 season so conceivably so does the assistants but i don't know maybe an assistant would like a longer term deal if they're going to sort of do something new Get right for getting a promotion is not seemingly possible. But if you're Josh Harris, I mean, I don't know that I want to extend anybody. So I I do sort of wonder because you're right. If we were just talking title, that's it. You know, the athletic gave me a title a bump at one point. I didn't get like money out of it. It was just like, hey, here you go. So like, what what's the deal? I that's the only thing I can sort of imagine because it's not just him, right? I think like Juan Castillo is still listed as the tight ends coach but the tight ends coach is actually now todd storm who was the assistant at least on their website it still says he is so there's a few like this the only thing i can sort of imagine is that there's this question of length of term of these deals that people getting promotions may want something new and the owners are not prepared to say yes so that's the only thing that can make sense otherwise yeah i don't get what the holdup is Along those lines, something else that we had thought was being held up by the sale of the team, but we're still not hearing much about even with the sale of the team having been completed on July 21st, potential contract extensions for edge defender Montez Sweat and safety Cameron Curl. Are you hearing anything about potential extensions for those guys? Not like they're in discussions or negotiations are happening. I I still think it wouldn't surprise me if something came through here, but I, I, I'd be lying if I told you for sure what, or I guess maybe a better way to say it is what I've heard is not enough for me to tell you or even on my own podcast, like anything. So I, I think it's still possible, but like I said, I don't quite know where Josh Harris and them are. Like, for example, I don't know what they spent, $40 million, they said, on the stadium. I, I don't really know what that, how to, it seems like a lot of money. A new stadium cost a couple billion, so it's all relative. But I didn't know that they were, you know, we didn't know they were putting in that kind of money to do things until they they, they did it. So maybe these things are going to happen, but it's not going to happen until they're ready, and we're not going to know about it too much until that time. But I don't get the sense that anything is happening imminent, but I, I, I have some belief that maybe something happens. But like I said, it's not, I don't have enough to break, say, oh, get ready. Okay, well, that is at least somewhat encouraging. A few more for you. Assuming that Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. all have at least relatively healthy 2023 seasons, 
What's your best guess as to the distribution of carries for commanders running backs in the 2023 regular season? Well, at least initially, I'm going to sort of put Rodriguez off on the side. I mean, maybe he gets a couple here or there just to, you know, shake things up. But, I, you know, I think it's the other the other two. And, you know, I, I'm in the middle of some fantasy football drafts like everybody else. And, you know, I guess the way I'm sort of looking at it is if I'm in a standard scoring league, I probably would favor Robinson's touches a little bit more than Gibson. If I'm in a PPR league, probably the reverse. I, I guess it's ultimately going to come down to are they winning in the fourth quarter or not, right? I mean, both guys can catch the ball, and both guys can run inside if need be. Um, we know there's a difference in styles between the guys. I think if they have a lead, you know, we talked about it months ago about the idea of we want to run the ball all the time, and then they had to walk that back, what they meant. But what they ultimately meant was if we have a lead, we want to – be able to bully the other team and, and control the clock that way in the game. So that's where it would be Robinson. But that, you know, to me, I guess you can look at the games and say, which ones does it say in the first month? Do you think they're winning in the fourth quarter? And then I would kind of go from there. And then over the course of the years, they get beat up a bit. You know, then I can see Rodriguez coming in, especially as sort of a, uh, you know, a backup to Brian Robinson. Um, you know, maybe more, but ultimately I think, you know, Gibson is, the in the space guy logically, and then Robinson slash Rodriguez are the guys banging it up the middle. The commander's defense, so many reasons to be optimistic about it, but who slash what are the biggest concerns with the defense? Well, you mentioned my story that I have up, things I think, and I said like the places where I had concerns coming in to the summer and everything, I still kind of have them. Uh, including linebacker and tight end would be the two, basically. I mean, the offensive line, yes, but we discussed that. I, I think Cody Barton, I, I don't know. I, you know. He showed promise, I thought, earlier on, but it seemed like he had a pretty rough uh, training camp in preseason. You know, it's hard to tell him practices because they're often not in pads, and even when they are, it's not like they're decking each other because they're their teammates and all. But, you know, he, he was, for whatever, whatever you value PFF, they were really great at him with the red pen in the two games that he played. And, you know, I think, I don't know if it's coincidental, right? Look like they, look at their practice squad. They brought back 15 of their own guys. The one outsider they brought in was a linebacker in Jabril Cox, who was known when he came out of college for uh, being pretty good in coverage, which is what essentially they're looking for out of Cody Barton in a lot of ways. Um, by the way, on the flip side, they put in one waiver claim and it was for a tight end. So maybe it's just overly anecdotal, but there seems to be some evidence that they're saying, hey, we kind of recognize these are some weak spots. So I would probably go there. If I had to pick something else, it would probably be just the young secondary just maybe didn't click as much as we've all sort of anticipated based on what we've seen and what we think could happen. But, you know, right now, you know, at least the top five or six guys looks like a pretty good group. So I think you feel pretty good about that, but that would be my other sort of guess. All right. I have this for you. More likely to still be on the Commanders for the 2024 season? Head coach Ron Rivera or edge defender Chase Young? Great question. I don't know. Oh, boy. I, don't, I, I guess I'll say Chase Young because he can go out and have a good year and they still lose a bunch of games. I guess this is my way of saying I don't see them getting 9, 10, 11 wins so, and maybe winning a playoff game, so... I guess I'll say there's a world where Chase Young, like Montez Sweat's market gets out of hand if they don't sign him before free agency. And, you know, they 
tag Chase Young or something. You know, I mean, I guess they could tag Swep. You know what I mean? Like, they do that. So I guess I'll say Chase Young. It's a tough question. And listening to you answer the question reminded me of something that I've talked about on this podcast and that I think is a sneaky big storyline for the commanders. The many significant unrestricted free agents to be on the team. There are so many key commanders players who are set to be unrestricted free agents in the 2024 offseason. As things stand right now, Edge defenders Montez Sweat, Chase Young, F.A. Obata, James Smith-Williams, and Casey Tuhill. Safety Cameron Curl, corner Kendall Fuller, linebacker Cody Barton, receiver Curtis Samuel, running back Antonio Gibson, offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas, quarterback Jacoby Brissett, and plenty of others all set to be unrestricted free agents in the 2024 offseason. It is wild, and you have to think of your Josh Harris. Boy, this is... Pretty appealing. I mean, it is. I mean, they have a ton of cap space for next year. I haven't looked at the number in a while, but like, like top five in the league projected at this point. Obviously, that's because, like you said, they have a lot of their own guys hitting the market. But on the other hand, you still have John Allen, Deron Payne. You still have Terry McLaurin. You have all the guys they've drafted over the last, you know, from twenty twenty one on. Um, maybe they, you know, Sam Howell. Right. So I mean, they have a lot to work with, but they also have a lot of money to use. So. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I really do wonder how Josh Harris looks at that as they're discussing the Montez Sweats and Cameron Curls. Not that signing one or two of those guys would change too much, but you know, how clean of a slate uh, do you want to go in? Yeah, no doubt. Commander's Insider, Ben Standig of The Athletic. We are off and running with the partnership, and hopefully there will be no <laughs> congressional investigation. Ben, thanks a lot, and I look forward to our next conversation. The only problem for me doing this is you got to go get your voice every week, and mine is not great anyway. And now I sound like I sound like death for a while. So, um, yeah, hopefully I can work that out and keep up with you. I'm excited, Al. Thanks so much. So the potential exists for the American League leading Orioles to be honored via multiple awards for this 2023 regular season. The two most likely award-winning scenarios for the O's are O's manager Brandon Hyde winning American League Manager of the Year and O's infielder Gunnar Henderson winning American League Rookie of the Year. And both guys were on display late night on Monday night when the O's won again. A 6-3 win at the Los Angeles Angels in game one of a three-game series as the O's, again, Joe Angel, were in the win column. And the Orioles, again, in the win column. That is correct, Joe. The win column as we have Joe Angel off an O's win at the Angels. What a beautiful thing. (laughs) Uh, And the Tampa Bay Rays lost to the Boston Red Sox 7-3 on Monday. So the O's now for this regular season are an American League best 86-51 and and are a season best three and a half games ahead of the Rays for the best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East. The O's now have won 12 of their last 16 games. Uh, This win for the O's at the Angels late night on Monday night was the 300th 
regular season win for Brandon Hyde as O's manager. It's a funny thing, man. Just 131 of the 300 wins came over his first three seasons as O's manager, but 169 of the 300 wins have come over these last two seasons. Uh, This was Hyde during his postgame session with reporters early Tuesday morning on his milestone victory. Congrats on your 300th win as a manager. Took me long enough. (laughs) How do you reflect on the journey here? Um, Well, I haven't really had time to, but um, a tough few years. A lot more fun these last two. A lot better players. And um, this this year, you know, these last two years have been a lot of fun, just kind of turning the corner and being able to compete with with the good major league teams and having a bullpen to be able to win games. And, um, yeah, I'm really appreciative. Brandon Hyde doing an excellent job as Orioles manager. You know, usually the manager who guides a team through a rebuild is not the manager who uh, bears the fruit of the rebuild. Usually the rebuild manager gets fired before the rebuild comes to fruition. That is not the case with the O's. Brandon Hyde was the manager for the entirety of the rebuild and now has been the manager taking the O's out of the rebuild and into playoff contention. That's a real credit to him. Uh, The O's in this 6-3 win at the Angels late night on Monday night scored six runs, totaled 10 hits, worked four walks and went three for nine with runners in scoring position and leading the way offensively for the O's was their best player this season, Gunnar Henderson. Yet another good game for him. He is the Orioles starting third baseman and number four batter went two for five with a three-run homer and a double. He ended Orioles three-run seventh at a two-out three-run home run on a line drive to right field for a 6-2 Orioles lead. Brandon Hyde during his post-game session with reporters early Tuesday morning on the Gunnar Henderson home run. Yeah, huge um, game deciding. Uh, you know, they hit that homer there off, off DL. That, uh, but that it was just a massive add-on runs for us at the time. And and uh, he is I mean, he's such a special player, already is, for his age to do what he's doing. The rookie year he's having not only offensively but defensively and the way he can run and um, it's just a really really special player. Gunnar Henderson continues to produce. He for this regular season is number two on the O's and home runs with 23 and is number two among all qualified Orioles players in OPS at 812. Uh, the Angels on Monday night were without their megastar outfielder Shohei Otani. He was scratched from the lineup due to right oblique tightness, but that does not take away from the Orioles starting pitcher for this game, Grayson Rodriguez, pitching well once again. The rise of Grayrod continues. Uh, He in this 6-3 win at the Angels late night on Monday night allowed two runs in six innings with seven strikeouts. He did give up seven hits, a solo homer, a double, and five singles. He issued two walks, but he threw a lot of strikes, 90 pitches, 61 strikes versus just 29 balls. His velocity, again, very good. Uh, Grayrod per Statcast had an average four-seam fastball velocity of 97.4 miles per hour. Grayson Rodriguez in his second stint at the major league level this regular season, so much better as compared to his first stint. First stint, 10 starts, ERA of 735. Second stint, nine starts, ERA of 2. 85. He has been like a different person. Uh, He is pitching like the ace he was drafted to be 
when the O's took him with the number 11 overall pick in the 2018 MLB draft out of a high school in Texas. Brandon Hyde during his postgame session with reporters early Tuesday morning on Grayson Rodriguez. You know, for me, he got out of the gate slow tonight a little bit. I just I didn't think that he was as crisp as he, as he normally or he has been. Um, I thought he was a little bit slow and the tempo and his delivery and the um, I didn't think that he was pitching with kind of the same conviction that he had been. And after about the third, uh, I thought the last three innings, he really picked it up and he saw the, saw the life to his fastball. He just makes that one mistake to Gritchick, gave him a chance with a change up. Um, but besides that, those last three innings, he, was, he looked like uh, the, the Grayson that, we're, that we know he can be. He had a seven and a half ERA before he went down. Since it's been about two eight five, what, what, what changed for him after coming back from Triple Well, quite a bit. I mean, there um, he had some. I think he had eight starts ish, something like that. Half were pretty good, half were not so good. He struggled against these guys his last time out um, at home. Uh, just the command, fastball command. Um, Kind of like what I said, his last Phoenix, there's more conviction in his pitches, more kind of more on the attack and the strike zone, better, better tempo in his delivery, confidence. He's had the stuff. It's all, and then it's all about kind of putting it together, and he has since he's come back. Yes, he has. Uh, three Orioles relievers in this 6-3 win at the Angels late night on Monday night combined to allow one run in three innings. Jacob Webb, a perfect bottom of the seventh. Uh, D.L. Hall in the bottom of the eighth. Did allow a run on a solo homer, but Yanir Cano, a perfect bottom of the ninth for the save. Game two for the O's at the Angels Tuesday night at 9.38. Dean Kramer will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 650. We'll include a lot for you on the Commanders. Also talk Nationals and Orioles. And that's on Tuesday night at 7.05 of game one of a two-game series against the New York Mets at Nationals Park. The O's on Tuesday night at 9.38 of game two of a three-game series at the Los Angeles Angels. So have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.